Blog Talk Radio. Good day to everyone. This is the Right Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to yet another evening of conversation and fellowship. I hope you're all doing well tonight. I hope you feel good. I hope you feel well and in good spirits. I have, I don't know, my mood is, um, I'm not happy, I'm not unhappy. I have this um, sort of feeling of warm detachment, I guess. Um, that feeling you get after, like you've been reading Dostoevsky or Camus, um, you've been looking into the abyss cheerfully. There's darkness there, but you're cheerful about it. I've just been listening to the news and the uh, uh, current events and uh, with a kind of cheerful detachment. We're looking, everybody's saying, oh, there's dark times, there's dark times. Is there? Is it an abyss? Is there a dark time? I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I imagine... It's um, it's like being in a um, being perpetually trapped listening to my show. I guess um, I kind of imagine my show. Uh, people listen in and they say uh, they call, they tell me, and email me, and they say, "Oh, I just love your show. It's so relaxing. I listen to it so I can go to sleep at night." <laughs> and uh, oh, not they say not in a bad way, not in a bad way. And um, I just listen to it before I go to sleep because it's so relaxing. And I, I sort of imagine. My show, The Crystal Silence League Hour, is sort of like being in a um, it's kind of like a, a cybernetic virtual opium den, um, but without the lasting effects, the, the detrimental effects of opium. It's uh, it's an opium den without the opium. And you know, I am your I am your pusher, Reverend John Saint Germain, your your host in the virtual den of the mind the crystal silence league hour and uh, we're in january we're in the end of january this is the month where you're supposed to make resolutions new rules of living modus operandi of the year and did you that's something my resolution is not to make any resolutions i was going to spend more time with my musical instruments and that that, that immediately fell out the window so i'm glad it wasn't a very strong resolution so uh, i don't feel too bad about it it wasn't like i was firmly resolved to do much of anything except wake up every morning and continue breathing and so far i have kept that resolution otherwise you know you say gosh where's the show tonight well i'd be you'd have to use a ouija board to tune in and that will be coming one day it will be if you want to contact me it'll be by ouija board and you'll know it's me because the ouija board will say no goodbye because i've done enough spiritual work in this lifetime for those of you who don't know, and and why would you be listening if you didn't? Except maybe you thought this was, uh, you know, uh, NHL tonight or uh, hockey talk or wrestling talk or uh, 
roller derby roller derby um, analysis. And oh gosh, wouldn't that be fun? You know, uh, uh, deconstructing a roller derby game. You know, oh my God, look, she gave her an elbow right to the scapula. Oh gosh, and the knee went, knee just popped out. Oh gosh, she just ate ate all four of the uh, all four of the roller blades right there. Oh my gosh, I used to be a roller blade. And when I was, I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I really don't. I'm just rambling from one thing to the other. It's a wonderful journey through my mind. And I promise you, I really haven't imbibed of the spirits tonight much. Um, really, I don't drink. I really don't. I, I don't need alcohol to do this. I, I just walk a mental tightrope and just describe the landscape from that lofty view of my mind as I look out upon the territory scene they're from it's kind of a scary place but a uh, scenic place the uh, the uh, the mountaintops of, of my consciousness I'm having a good time tonight I really am I enjoy being here um, but the Crystal Silence League I'll, I'll come back to it eventually I will I, I wander around this territory but I do eventually come back to it I have notes here that keeps me on track I don't have a producer like the big radio shows have or the co-hosts even to you know, uh, gesticulate at me frantically and say, we're out of time, get back, keep on track, Go, keep on, I don't have that, I just have me and, and a cat that wanders in and out occasionally and knocks stuff over, you know, that's, that's all I have here. I don't even have a trained bobo or anything to point to the clock and say we have five minutes, I don't have any of that, it's just me in my little studio here with notes and things, that's, and I bring you this spectacular extravaganza of cybernetic spirituality. Uh, you know, 196 episodes, too. We're counting down to 200. When we hit 200, I don't even know what we're going to do. The 200 episode, I want it to be spectacular, kind of like David Carradine's final uh, days. I'd love that spectacular. I sure would. Crystal Silence League. Yeah, we're getting to it. We are. Founded in 1917 or so by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive prayers and affirmations to all who needs it and wants it. And he did this through the agency of a crystal ball, which is what we study, the Crystal Silence League. We study the practical use of crystals and crystal balls. And um, tonight we're going to talk about more about um, projecting and about receiving the gifts therefrom. And um, I do believe Mr. Connell may have learned some of this through Tibetan yoga, because there, there's a thing called the gift wave that Tibetan yogins send out to their disciples. Um, and... Um, so we shall uh, go into that. And uh, when Mr. Conlon passed into the silence uh, around 1954 or so, the League dwindled after his death. I don't think it completely went out of existence. There were people who told me they practiced even today. We see people who still carry the card. Uh, someone sent us a picture of their grandfather's card um, not about a month ago. They sent us a picture of it, and they, they carried it. They still carried their grandfather's membership card. So his leg lived on, and especially since Adept's Association of Independent Spiritual Church brought it to life on the interwebs around 2007 or so. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org, the home of the Crystal Silence League. And if you go there, you will see prayer um, petitions that people post, and you can post your own. Prayer is always free. You don't have to be a member to post prayers, but if you do, if you are a member, um, you have other rights and privileges. And to be a member, people ask, how do I become a member? How do I join? Um, basically, you buy something from the gift shop, and you get a free membership for a year. And you can also give a donation, and you get a membership for a year. Sometimes you get a card if we, if we remember to send you one with a membership number, and that will gain you access to the inner chambers, the Crystal Silence League which is handy. It's very handy. There are other things you can do there. So we do have um, times between 100 and 200 prayers a week. And some of those I'll be reading aloud in a minute and invite you to pray with me. But let's first talk about our um, stone of the week, which is um, uh, Dumotierite. And uh, it's named after the guy that discovered it, uh, Dumotier. And uh, it's a very pretty blue stone. Um, the pieces I've seen and the pieces I have, uh, you gaze into them and they have a depth. You go into them. It's one of those stones where light goes into the surface and is reflected out. And um, um, 
it's uh, a common stone. It's actually cheaper than lapis lazuli, and some people mistake it for lapis lazuli and even use it as a uh, substitute for lapis lazuli. It's a very deep violet color, um, and um, it it doesn't have clarity in it. Um, it's a kind of a muddy stone, so it's very rarely used in gemstone. But you can um, see it made into uh, rings and uh, pendants, uh, you know, to wear. Um, and some of them can be huge. I've seen huge crystal balls made of this, and um, it's usually found where where they smelt aluminum. And um, I'll tell you that it is a um, a good stone to work with with addictions and compulsive behaviors. Um, it's good for working with uh, codependent behaviors. It it's good in um, uh, any kind of cyclic dysfunction, uh, a dysfunctional behavior that occurs again and again. It helps with anxiety, you know, being purple, right? Uh, helps with anxiety, shyness, stress. Uh, helps with insomnia. The flat rocks can be um, re uh, refrigerated, put in a freezer, and laid on your forehead to help with uh, t tension headaches. Uh, they can, uh, they've been known to help alleviate depressive moods. Um, they can help with uh, assertiveness, uh, self-confidence, and uh, being bluish purple, <clears throat> they help with the throat chakra. They help with communication, with being straightforward, being honest. And um, some people use them with attraction, attraction work to help attract the person that with whom you communicate with. Uh, some people, since it does resonate uh, with a, the proper color, of course, the violet color with the third eye, uh, they, they'll use it to help communicate with the highest of consciousnesses, God, the divine mind, the superior beings, the angelic beings. Um, so this is a very versatile stone and can be found in colors ranging from uh, a light blue to a, a deep, rich purple. So uh, you can get many uh, pieces of it in different um, colors and hues. Um, you can get them polished. They look very nice for, for gazing and scrying or just in the rough. And uh, I, I like the way they look in the rough. Uh, you make an infusion, put them in a container. I I just don't like the direct infusion method anymore. I really don't. I've heard gruesome stories about people who've ingested silicates and uh, copper and uh, all sorts of things. And, you know, columbite is radioactive, so you don't want to use columbite in an infusion anyway. Um, and you use the elixir therefrom to anoint yourself uh, your crystal grids, your environment, uh, sprinkled around your house. Uh, um, try to get a little bit on people that you want to work with, etc. So uh, that's our crystal of the week. Very interesting little stone. Were you to amble over to the crystalsilenceleague.org to the prayer page, um, You'll find quite a bit of uh, prayers there. I, I have about 40 of them up in front of me right now. And, uh, oh my goodness, I'll tell you, there's a, uh, a wonderful amount of people there. And I have to refresh my page because I want to get the uh, current prayers. I sure do. Let's get let's get those back. Oh my goodness, yes. And uh, um, I never... Uh, call the names out that are here. We, we practice uh, anonymity in the Crystal Silence League. We're kind of like a 12-step program in that respect. But I, I will say the prayer ID numbers, and if you recognize your number in your prayer, you know, God bless you, you know, and thank you for uh, uh, trusting us with your prayers. So let's start with prayer ID number 90584, who says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us, yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Amen. And prayer ID 90583, who says, Please pray, my son, respond well to medication. He is about to start without side effects. He is prone to rages and threatening to kill himself, and he's only nine. Oh, how sad. He is in therapy every day, and it doesn't help. I don't know what will become of him if we don't find something to help him soon. 
Amen. Prayer ID 90582, who says, Please help me get out of this abusive place I am in. My ex tells me I am fat, worthless, he sexually abuses me, and mentally abuses me, and I don't have the funds to leave. Please help me find an affordable and safe place to go so I can live in peace. He is a tormentor. Amen. Prayer ID 90581. Please pray this rain stops for Townsville City so we don't all flood in a national disaster again. This town cannot handle another major catastrophe, as it already happened in February, and we cannot handle any more delays to repairing this town. Amen. Prayer ID 90580. Please pray that I will be paid my complete full salary on time from my current company. This we claim in Jesus' name. Amen. And prayer ID 90578. He says, I'm praying that A and I will strengthen our relationship, make A to commit to more deeply relationship with me, that he will continue to love me more deeply. Amen. And prayer ID 90576. Please pray that my job application with O Company will be a resounding success, that I will find favor in the eyes of all the decision makers of this company, and that I will be offered a job as soon as possible. This we claim in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have a moment of silent prayer for everybody who needs comfort and affirmation and relief and money. Amen. Let's get right to the work, shall we? Um, a lot of what we work with are principles derived from New Thought, and New Thought is a very interesting uh, philosophy derived from many, many world religions and ethics. Uh, the The people who derive New Thought came movement and from uh, thinkers such as Emerson and Thoreau. Uh, it's derived Protestant Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, spiritualism, subjective idealism, transcendentalism, the science of evolution, and and we embrace this, practical materialism. The um, primarily uh, is the spiritual movement that started in the 19th century and was primarily founded by an American mesmerist and healer 
by the name of Phineas Parkhurst Quimby. Now, what a great name, Phineas Quimby. It's like uh, the, the guy who was the Wizard of Oz or something. And it was originally called Mental Science. And his idea was uh, Quimby believed that all elements, mental as well as physical, had their origins in the mind. And he believed that if your mind had been deceived by some invisible enemy to a belief, and I'm quoting him now, you have put it into the form of a disease with or without your knowledge. And he always had disease as dis-ease, D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E, dis-ease, with or without your knowledge. And by my theory or truth, I come in contact with your enemy and restore you to health and happiness. This I do partly mentally and partly by talking until I wrong, correct the wrong impression and establish the truth, and the truth is the cure. So this mind cure approach that was pioneered by Quimby consisted of him reasoning with his patients until they arrived at the truth, which was a healthier state of mind, which he defined as an acceptance of reality, which is free from wishful thinking and delusions. And he reported many cures and success stories as well uh, as his uh, students and followers. So Quimby's students and 20th century followers drew further ideas about truth from among the world's great philosophies. They drew uh, this from uh, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, etc. So generally, Quimby was described as a theist. He wasn't a churchgoer. But his teachings led to the founding of religious New Thought denominations, such as Christian Science, Religious Science, Unity, the Church of Divine Science, the Home of Truth, and Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, as well as Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, and others that you'll find in the Association of Spiritual Churches. And at the same time, his writings inspired many secular and metaphysical practitioners of New Thought. And because of its wide-ranging uh, origins and um, tributaries, um, New Thought beliefs are very fluid and very permeable. And um, if you if you want to distinguish one branch of New Thought from the other, it helps to know that religious New Thought practitioners have um, augmented Quimby's mind cure and truth with the concept of affirmative prayer, which is what we do in the Crystal Silence League, while secular New Thought practitioners emphasize the self-help concept of will, and metaphysical New Thought thinkers additionally bring into play the magical concept of influence. Now, principal beliefs of the New Thought movement um, are very difficult to pin down because there's so many different branches of new thought, but there's uh, some core beliefs that are more or less shared by uh, any branch that calls himself new thought. There's an infinite, omnipotent, and omnipresent consciousness, sometimes called God, sometimes cross-consciousness, sometimes divine mind, sometimes the universe. Spirit also called God, is the ultimate, changeless, eternal reality. True human nature is divine. We create our life experiences through our way of thinking. Internal states manifest externally. Divinely attuned thought is the ultimate force for good. The normal state of life is healthy. Right thinking has a healing effect. The goal of life is completely and total emancipation from all discord. Knowledge of these principles is not enough. We must live them. So, is the law of attraction new thought? I have a great deal of difficulty with the law of attraction the way it's currently taught in books such as The Secret. The way the law of attraction is taught currently by motivational speakers, self-help gurus, etc., is wish fulfillment. If you want something, ask for it, and you'll get it. That's how law of attraction is thought. And you, you can try it. We can try this now. Take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. 
Let it out. Ah, let it out and attune your mind to this thought. Ah, everybody, everybody say it with me. Isn't it great to be alive? It's, a, it's an affirmation. Isn't it great to be alive? Isn't it great to be me? See, it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work, does it? The world didn't change at all. You know, the anxiety is still there. The angst is still there. Embrace your pain. Go ahead, embrace your pain. Embrace your despair and rejoice. Go ahead, embrace the darkness out there, man. Look into the abyss and let it look back at you. Because that ain't going to change nothing. And uh, because that's not how the law of attraction works. You can't recite affirmations and expect anything to change. There has to be action. It's an active process. And when the secret came out, Oprah loved it. All these other people loved it. And then over time, they began to, uh, there was a quiet about it. It was like, oh, yeah, the secret, the secret. And I've uh, deconstructed the secret before on the show. They don't teach you the rest of it. Now, the law of attraction, uh, if you do, if you're familiar with it, if you've heard it, you understand one of the underlying premises of new thought. Um, most proponents of the law of attraction don't seem to understand the true power of mind. A lot of the law of attraction gurus have read some of the books. Uh, Napoleon Hill was a new thought teacher. Um, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, very good book, um, and um, I, I'll tell you that I, I know a lot of people that read Think and Grow Rich and said, "Oh well, it didn't work. Um, it just didn't work for me." Well, did you did you put it um, did you put it to use? Did you do, use it? Did you actually put it to use? Um, um, did you practice it? Well, I tried it. No, no, you don't try it. You 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 live it. Um, because um, the idea that mental states manifest in daily life and that thoughts become real is not a theory, and it's not a metaphor. It's it's true. But in practice, it's a bit more complicated uh, because wishing is a passive activity. There's no real conviction behind it. That's why most people only get very small or even non-existent res returns for their effort. Most people don't grab big bites of reality. Um, they go for little things. They'll manifest a parking space or a football ticket. Mechanically reciting affirmations and desires will bring about limited rewards. Most of the motivational trainers and coaches I've known of have only scratched the surface of this potential power available through proper practice of mental induction. In practice, it's more complicated than thinking and trying to make something come true. First of all, you have to understand it's not a metaphor. Internal states will manifest externally. You have to really believe that. It's not a metaphor. When you successfully change your mental programming, reality will literally change around you. Your luck improves. Your prosperity increases. You attract better friends, better lovers. People who didn't notice you before will suddenly notice you and treat you with respect. You make better decisions. You're no longer a victim of fate. You're a master of fate. And this is very, very true. You certainly find that the power of the word manifests. What you said may not have mattered before, but suddenly it does. The spoken word carries this tremendous power. Tremendous power. A constant flow of negative and angry and depressed dialogue will create an obsession with loneliness and failure and despair. And you'll find that your mind dwells on this uh, landscape obsessively, and that's what you manifest around you. But the power of the word isn't just limited to verbal speech. Mental dialogue has a great influence all of its own. So if you're lonely and desperate for companionship and friendship and love, that's what you're going to send out, and that's what you'll get. You'll manifest this desperation. So if you want to manifest loving friendships, strong friendships, romance, that's what you have to send out. I hear weekly, sometimes daily, well, I'll never find true love. 
you know what? You're right. As long as you say that, you're going to be right. Not at least they change that dialogue. And this applies to what I call poverty thinking. If, if all you dwell on is how bad the economy is, and you obsess about a terrible economy, your pockets are going to stay empty. Not only that, you'll find affirmation. All you'll see around you is evidence that the, that the economy is terrible. You'll see it. It'll, it'll manifest around you. That's all you'll find. The word made manifest is a very old principle in magical thought. Spellcasters know that incantations, blessings, and curses will set powerful spiritual vibrations into motion. New Thought practitioners call this speaking the word, and they place much emphasis on it. Speaking the word carries power, and the more spiritually advanced you are, the more authority your word carries. That's why bestowing blessings and flinging curses are magical practices found in virtually every culture. And that brings us to the power of prayer. And you know, we pray daily in the Crystal Silence League, and the more your prayer uh, stretches out, the wider its net goes, the more powerful it will become. Prayer doesn't stretch thin. This is not a, a, a force that diminishes over time and space. The uh, affirmative prayer anticipates a positive outcome rather than a negative one. So instead of complaining to God about your poverty or your loneliness or disease, dis-ease, we use affirmative prayer to validate to meet friends and restore health. So in New Thought churches, recitations of psalms often accompany affirmative prayers. But you've got to be careful what you ask for. Because just because you want something doesn't mean you'll get it. And just because you want something doesn't mean you're meant to have it. New Thought teaches that there is this divine mind, this universal mind, or a divine will, and it's set aside somewhere. It's like a scavenger hunt, maybe. A whole bunch of stuff that just belongs to you, and all you got to do is claim it. But you got to know how to ask for it. And this is a core component of my philosophy and how I, if, if I can be so cocky, how I help people, if I can be so arrogant to say how I help people with their problems. There are things in the world that belong to us or they belong with us and things that don't. And this includes people as well as objects. There are people who are meant to be with us and there are people who are not meant to be with us. There are things that belong to us and things that don't. And often we find ourselves in possession of things or in the company of people that belonged with someone else. It takes a great deal of effort to hold on to something that doesn't belong to you. It takes a great deal of effort to, to stay with a person who doesn't belong with you. It's like trying to bring two magnets together with their opposing forces. The two positive poles of the magnet will repel each other. Sometimes people have things that belong to us. Sometimes people are with people that should be with us. This creates discord. It creates disharmony. It creates unhappiness. Conflict. The, the, the universal balance is out of order. And we know that. We sense it. We think, we, th we think, I should be with that person. I yearn for that person. That person yearns to be with me. There, there's discord. There's imbalance. Disharmony. Uh, conflict arises and that happens someone has a house they're living in a house that we should be living in we think oh man that's my house I should be living there so much of my work as a spiritual counselor is to try to determine if somebody is holding on to a bunch of stuff that doesn't belong to them or they're around a bunch of people they shouldn't be around if they're with a job that's not right for them it's, it's very simple it's very simple if you come to me and there's a whole bunch of conflict in your life then something in your life doesn't belong there. Sometimes you got to declutter. We just have to declutter and start attracting things to you that are meant to be with you. So when you pray or attract new experiences into your life, it's important to do it in a way that gives spirit or divine will room to work. 
why we can't micromanage these things. And believe me, I have people that really want to micromanage everything. Um, they want to micromanage all the spell work, micromanage all the, it's like down to the dotting every I and crossing every T. And I always say, give spirit room to work. <laughs> Allow God to manifest here. Uh, don't, don't think you know everything. Don't think I know everything. And, uh, um, because you think everybody knows couples who are meant to be free, meant, meant for each other, right? Meant to be together. And, uh, your heart knows what it wants. Your soul knows who it wants to be with. Give it, give it a chance to manifest. Quit trying to think, you know, better, uh, the, um, I'm the guy who says, I told you so I really am. You know, people say, Oh, well, you know, I follow my heart. Well, how's that work for you up to now? You know, you've been married six times. You know, how's that, how's that worked out for you? So, the good request is instead of saying, you know, I want this blonde haired, blue eyed lover with, uh, um, you know, with great pecs, uh, a lovely rear end who is funny and blah, and uh, has this particular job and has this German shepherd dog. And I, I've, I've had requests like this. I've had uh, petitions like this who uh, plays the guitar and composes music and uh, uh, middle toe because they read somewhere that means uh something and uh, uh uh who gives back you know instead of uh, god it's like it takes you a week to read this petition say you know my love you're out there uh, you who are meant to be with me let's find each other the end you know that is a good petition the per you know you who are meant to be with me my other half my soulmate let's find each other the end but, you know, to someone who's uh, OCD, that's like death. That's it's like, I, no, no, I can't just leave it at that. So sometimes you have to, though. You have to, you know, you know let go and let God go. Now, you got to be very careful how you ask. Um, um, so uh, don't sign your name unloved. Don't have a screen name, you know, like uh, 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 two left feet and uh, two left hand, you know, two left feet and uh, ten thumbs, you know. Uh, don't don't self-deprecate. Don't give yourself a screen name or a tag that, uh, even if you think it's funny, you know, don't, don't sign your name unloved. Um, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Don't, don't do this sort of thing. Um, born under an unlucky star don't don't do this that you're you're calling down very bad thing um there's a thing called the law of non-resistance that florence scoville Schill wrote about who was a really cool new age author you can get her books almost i think it's free um uh, on the internet which is very good because i wore out three copies of the game of life and how to play it notice it's how to play it not how to win it which i think is very interesting I think that's very interesting um, because a lot of times when you're uh, like you're playing poker, um, it's not about having a winning hand. It's how to play the cards you're dealt, isn't it? So um, the game of life and how to play it, not how to win it, but how to play it. Isn't that interesting? So um, I guess, <laughs> I guess at the end, um, yeah, you know, then into the game, um, all the cards go back in the box, right? Yeah, the deck goes back in the box. You, you're never going to win. Yeah, there's a time when you play your last card. Yeah, well, I've got one one last card to play, and here it is. So, um, one of the things I've always um, complained about. Now, I, I complain a lot. I really do. But uh, law of attraction has been sifted out of new thought to the neglect of lots of other. Um, laws, the law of uh, non-resistance, the law of correspondence, things like this. But um, the law of non-resistance, we're often advised by positive thinking gurus to eliminate negative people from our lives. And, I, oh man, this was so big in the, uh, oh, about 10 years ago. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be around negative people. Well, good luck with that because everybody has a bad day some people have a bad week and what what exactly you know you know what it is now toxic people toxic people oh i hate this word what exactly is a toxic person 
And when people start talking about toxic people and toxic relationships, um, I, uh, I say, well, tell me what that means. Tell me what a toxic person is. And they'll say, oh, someone who's bad for me. Well, what, what does that mean? Oh, someone who makes me feel bad about myself. Well, what does that mean? And uh, um, I, I can't, I have trouble getting a good answer about that. Basically, it's, uh, it, can be, it can be someone like a parent who, who wants you to grow up or a, uh, someone who calls you on your BS and uh, toxic. You know, toxic, toxicity is a, is a real thing. Arsenic is toxic. It'll kill you. Rat poison is toxic. It'll kill you. A person? A toxic person? No, 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 no. And this whole thing, avoid negative people, there's no such thing as a negative person. There's no such thing as a toxic person. You can have a negative or a toxic reaction to a person. I want you to dwell on Let's go to station identification on that. I want you to think about that for a minute. There's no such thing as a toxic person. You can have a negative reaction to a person, but the person themselves, no. Good God. I hate the Internet. We'll be back in a minute. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condram and Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, and we're back, and we're back. So this idea of avoiding negative people, it's like you're going to purify your mind, uh, purify your life, uh, remove all negativity. All negative stimuli, you begin to protect yourself like your uh, mental state uh, is an African violet, uh, an organic fruit that no flies are allowed to land on. Um, the slightest sign of any kind of anger or sorrow or fear or hostility, out comes your moralistic weed eater, and that's it. So and so's out. So you're in a bubble get that way and or or you become uh, like a moralistic prig and you're lecturing people about their negative behaviors and 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 man I've known people like that I'll tell you back in the, um, back in the day I was a vegetarian um, for about eight years I was and uh, um, I was not a vegan though and to vegans the only thing more evil than an omnivore, someone who eats meat, is a vegetarian because you've not made the full commitment. Um, I was a lacto-ovo vegetarian, which meant that I would eat an egg or drink dairy or have cheese, um, which made me more evil than um, Mussolini and Hitler combined because I supported the evil dairy and egg industry. And and I was the... uh, moderator for uh, Isanga, uh, and they decided that I needed to burn off some karma, so they made me moderator of the uh, vegetarian forum, along with a guy who was a vegan, and uh, a very nice guy, and they made us moderators because we wouldn't argue, you know, we wouldn't get into these argue, these arguments uh, with omnivores and uh, vegetarians, and so we just didn't, you know, we, and people can be very mean on these forums, believe me, it's it was the most um, hostile forum there was, so I will tell you that I was at a convention, um, an entertainer's convention, and uh, there was a, a fellow and his wife, young, very young. They were much younger than me, and uh, and among people who were gleefully eating steaks and stuff, uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I said, "Oh well, you know, uh, G, John's vegetarian." And oh, I'm so happy, you know. And uh, I said, yeah. I said, well, I'd be sure, but I, you know, I didn't go around, you know, with a 
T-shirt, you know, that said, you know, meat is murder or anything. I, I was not, I was never a meat is murder guy. I just I didn't I don't care what other people do. I really don't. You know, you can eat your grandmother. I don't care. And as far as that goes, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute too. But um, I had funny things I'd said to people who tried to argue with me. One was that people tried to argue with me about uh, vegetarianism. I'd say, you know, I'd, ar- I'd argue with you, but as a vegetarian, I'm too weak to put up a fight. You know, I'd say things like that. Uh, and um, and so and sometimes um, vegans would say things. You know, well, you eat eggs. You eat it's a baby chicken, and you eat cheese. Like well, that that's taking milk from a baby cow. You know, that's would you would you eat your own children? Would you eat your grandmother? And I said, well, you don't know me. You can't judge me like that. Maybe I would. You know, no. I, like, I have no problem with eating people. I really don't. Uh, I, I truly don't. There, uh, meat is meat. M- muscle tissue is muscle. You know, you don't know me. I, how do you know I wouldn't eat my grandmother? You can't judge me like that. And and when they would look at me like, you know, is he kidding? I'd look it back at him like, I'm not kidding. You know, and then, the, the, boy, that'll kill an argument. <laughs> very quickly you don't know me you don't know if I, that i'd eat my grandmother you know how do you know you can't judge me like that i got a lot of stories like that but back to this so i ordered a i said let me have an avocado sandwich with cheese and a fried egg oh my gosh so for uh mr vegan and his wife you would have thought i did order uh fillet a baby said, oh my god do you know about the dairy industry the egg? i said stop right there I said, I know everything. Well, the, I said, shush, shush. I said, I am John St. Germain, and I know everything. Assume I know everything there is to know since the dawn of time. Yes, what you're about to tell me, I know. Well, the, no, shh. I'm going to eat my avocado and egg sandwich, and you eat whatever you want to eat. But no, no. And, you know, so uh, Mr. Vegan's wife was used to orating about the evils of the dairy and egg. Yes, I know. I know. I was the moderator of a forum for 12 years. Yes, I, I have heard everything. Assume I know everything. Now, I'm going to tell you that Mr. Vegan was not used to anyone telling his wife to shut up. He certainly never did. And she was not used to being told to shut up. But no one was going to lecture me about an egg while I was going to eat my sandwich. And so this is the sort of law of non-resistance we're talking about. Um, You're not required. No one is required to be the um, target of someone else's agenda. And in this day and age, as and I'm going to tell you, this was oh, and my friend that started all that, he was he was there next to me, and he, and he said he said later he said he said oh my God, you said yes, I know everything. <laughs> and I, I said yeah, I said well that'll shut someone up. Yes, I know everything. Be quiet. So yes, so um, the law of non-resistance basically. Um, advises that in dealing with confrontational or uncomfortable people, we avoid creating resistance between our way of thinking and theirs, because resistance will create conflict and stress. And it's this conflict that drains us of energy, not some imaginary negative force that radiates from the other person. You know, uh, uh, empathetic people say, oh, if I'm around negative people, I get tired and I get drained. Well, it's not some negative force that comes from these people. It's your resistance to it. You're, you're wrestling with yourself. So if someone is suffering, apply the golden rule. Express compassion. But because shutting out these so-called negative people is mean and selfish. Our work as a spiritualist is fueled by focused desire. And I have to question the strength of a person's resolve if it can be turned aside by a brief encounter with a depressed or an angry person. So the law of non-resistance says, go with the flow. And so this idea is expressed in the Tao Te Ching by green plants are tender and filled with sap. 
at their deaths they're withered and dry. Therefore, the stiff and unbending is the disciple of death, and the gentle and yielding is the disciple of life. And then there's a law that supersedes all other law. And this is, uh, we find this in New Thought, and we find it everywhere. And this is the law of accountability. And sometimes this is called karma. And I'll tell you that uh, karma is often misunderstood. Um, New Thought does incorporate the biblical injunction, as ye reap, so shall ye sow. And um, the idea is that if you perform generous deeds and think noble thoughts, good things and noble things will return to you. On the other hand, if you're mean and spiteful and dishonest or selfish, um, these things eventually will bear bitter fruit. And if you want to be loved, love others. If you want trust, trust others. And if you want respect, show respect to others. And if you want wealth, be generous. If you give something away, it will return to you. This is the law. If you hoard things, you'll never get anything. And the law of correspondence is very important, very important. And for every thought the mind can conceive, there has to be a corresponding external reality. So therefore, thought and the external correspondence of that thought have a mutually attractive force which work to bring two things together. So the law of attraction works if there's a corresponding reality. No amount of wishful thinking will bring you a unicorn. So to put it simply, if you dwell on disaster in your mind, you'll be drawn toward the corresponding thought and reality. It's a vast oversimplification, but there it is. People sometimes will say, bad luck just seems to find me. That's not a figure of speech. There's, the law of correspondence makes it so. Now, if you dwell on success, the internal state will draw the external reality. Now, you don't have to sit around and police your every thought. Uh, uh, fleeting and transient uh, notions uh, don't have a very strong effect on reality. But when the mind dwells continually on a thing, and whether it be health or success or justice, disease or sorrow, it can send out a very powerful attraction. And this can happen unconsciously. So in these really... Un unlikely uh, good inexplicable events occur um, there's often a, a cause and effect relationship that we don't notice we're blind to it um, we can attribute these uh, inexplicable events to fate providence fortune magic God and we're unaware of the power we're holding over our own destinies we're sometimes blind to our own cause and effect power so thoughts like people attract and associate with those of similar character so if you send out thoughts of success prosperity and charisma your thoughts will link up and coalesce with similar thoughts of others creating a network of attraction that will draw you together with colleagues and supporters and likewise your own negative thoughts of poverty injustice and dejection will coalesce over time with those of others and create a dismal quagmire that will suck you into the company of similar negative thinkers. And man, you know where you can see this in action is on the internet. Watch how a, a, a thread, a, a discussion thread on the internet will take a life of its own and see what direction it goes into. So... Gosh, how much time do we have? We got, we got a few minutes. Um, so we're starting to get into the idea of um, of attraction, and I want to uh, let's see. Dot, um, Sometimes we're sending out, we're trying to receive. We're, we understand there's a corresponding reality, um, but we're having trouble receiving it. 
we just we feel unable to we feel inept we feel undeserving uh, a lot of people will tell me said I'm practicing this but I just can't seem to get it I just can't seem to get the idea of bringing it to me um, there was a new thought author uh, Lita A. Churchill who she wrote a book called The Magnet and it was uh, devoted to this difficulty that people who sometimes they feel spiritually weak or they feel um, inept or undeserving trying, when they're trying to receive blessings. And she explains that we are magnetic beings and attract all that we want. But just as magnets may lose their power, we too can become demagnetized, especially by engaging in over-anxious thoughts, uh, useless activities, or unkind speech. And she urges practitioners to identify the problem and correct it by going into the silence and affirming, I will cease all in, harm, in, in harmony in thought or speech. My every thought, word, and deed shall make me and keep me a perfect magnet. Now, I've, I've worked a lot about, I've worked a lot about this. Um, I've done a lot of work on this. Why, why can we not receive? And I'll tell you that we have a storehouse of natural magnetism that's almost like an emergency power battery for times when uh, we're in an emergency situation and we can call on this and this is exactly the energy that we use when we're using the power of, of attraction of attraction and it's a limited amount of power and without the corresponding laws without the spiritual work that new thought practitioners urge us to practice connection with the divine mind that power will be depleted and you won't attract a thing and this is why practitioners of the secret and you can go on the secret website and see this and this is why Oprah withdrew her support of the secret um, because people were doing incredible things with the secret and then it quit they said I was doing incredible things and then it quit well they were using up that reserve power they were using up that reserve energy meant for, for um, emergencies, and then they couldn't do anything. In fact, it, it was, the opposite was happening. They were having bad luck, and guess what? There was no way to recharge it. They were not books how to recharge it because they were not practitioners of new thought. Oh, my goodness. So without a full knowledge of the spiritual laws behind new thought, you're using your limited power battery and not the infinite power of the divine mind. And that is a sure road to failure. Oh, my goodness gracious. So you don't want to exhaust yourself trying to attract things. It's like using a, a, a AA battery and a flashlight. The flashlight's going to go out. At first, you'll get spectacular results using um, attraction and the law of attraction. And then you'll start to lose things. You'll get the opposite result. You've used up your your positive pole of your magnetic attraction. Then you go to the negative side, and the negative side pushes it away. Next week, we'll talk about how you get it back. So we'll see you in a little bit. Um, love you guys. Thanks for sticking around. And we'll see you next week. We are in a difficult position Reverend St. Germain Gave me what we need for our condition Cinnamon and clothes And a sugar box Five finger grasses I keep it by the stove For stirring coffee Thicker than molasses Church of Divine Harmony, serving the lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee. He faithfully prays with the crystal.